Good morning and welcome to episode 192, part two of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thank you so much for being here. This is the second part of my interview with Johnny Black and Richard Roach from Cast Iron Design out of Boulder, Colorado. If you haven't listened to the first part yet, head back there, one episode back, part one. It's awesome. It's the intro to design, how they landed on this creative path, and their influences along the way, a couple of brands and uh, and designers that they look up to and dig the work of, and why. It's awesome. This one here, part two, this is the tough stuff. This is where we get into the nitty gritty, the challenges, the lessons learned. So in this episode, we cover how asking a lot of questions can save a lot of time and a lot of money. And they explain that. We talk about the lessons that they learned, taking it easy when they arrived in Boulder. And they tell us about a client that pulled out of the design project after they had already spent the deposit. Yikes. What do you do? Find out what they did. We also talk about the film festival job that got stressful for them and why. He also tells us a crazy restaurant story, and I alluded to this a little bit in the right in the outro of the last episode. It's uh, it's fantastic. All I'm going to say is that part of the invoice was paid in sandwiches. It's a really funny story. The guys at Cast Iron Design tell it great. They are a quirky, fun bunch, and it's a true story. You're going to want to hear it. They also tell us about their first website and the huge amount of attention that it received and what it did for them. And then they tell us about the Patagonia project that they were a part of and why they're so proud of it. And it's a print project, which is super awesome, double awesome. So let's get to this one, ladies and gentlemen, part two of my interview with Johnny Black and Richard Roach from Cast Iron Design. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? So, we got to get into the tough stuff now, guys. I got to drag you through the mud a little bit. Then we'll end in a happy place. But the next couple of questions I have for you take you down the part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull those awful stories out of you for the mutual benefit of all the listeners. Sounds good. What has been the most challenging period of time in your careers so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through them? I think the, um, the most challenging thing for us is sometimes we're just too good at design and no i'm just kidding Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, i guess um probably for most people that started their own thing especially ones that did it as basically students it's going to be um just dealing with the financial part Mm -hmm. um there was one point we um so we saved up what we thought was a good nest egg before we moved to boulder Essentially, we moved to Boulder the day after Johnny graduated. Nice. We just met up. And uh, 
we really enjoyed Boulder. It was um, beautiful here. There's a lot of stuff to do, especially coming from southern Minnesota. Um, and then all of a sudden you're in Boulder. And yep. um, we took a lot of time to relax. We had some client work, but it, they had like no deadlines. Um, and we took advantage of that. And then we ran out of money um, pretty quickly. <laughs> um, we had... Uh, signed a contract with another uh, a client. They were actually the people that we rented temporarily from okay. uh, when we first moved here. They signed us to do a big project. It was the biggest down payment we'd ever gotten. And in our contract, we thought that down payments were clearly non-refundable. Um, so we spent it all uh, immediately, paying off a bunch of uh, like credit cards and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is bad because they decided to cancel the project and wanted their money back. Uh, and it, it's not like we bought stuff we could sell either. No. We just paid off debt. <laughs> so we didn't have the money. Um, and the way they interpreted the contract was different from ours. We both talked to lawyers. The lawyers were like, uh, it could be interpreted either way. So we ended up kind of negotiating something, but um, kind of a, in between. And uh, But yeah, at that point, we were insanely broke. There was, mm-hmm. what Johnny said at one point, he had like, less than $4 to his name and yeah, all, I, all maxed out credit cards. Yeah, to- completely maxed out two credit cards. And um, yeah, I had, had just a few bucks. And I remember like calling my mom. And I, I don't, I'm not the type of like, you know, um, mama's boy type or not. There's anything wrong with that. But like, you know, my, me and my mom have a pretty like just, you know, um, uh, normal uh, like uh, I don't know, like straightforward type of relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I called her up and I was like, Mom, I'm not in a good spot. Uh, you know, I got three three dollars in my checking, and uh, she was like, "What do you want me to do?" And um, I I kind of knew that they couldn't really do anything. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. have a bunch of money to bail me out, and mm-hmm. it's not like we had like a promising business at the time. You know, like <laughs> you know, uh, well, we just need a little bit more. You know, runway, and we'll get our product off the ground. It wasn't anything like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. so um, she's like, "What do you want me to do?" And I'm like, "Nothing. I don't know." <laughs> just like just feeling just totally fucking down and Send out. Send some instant uh, noodles. Yeah, exactly. And um, so uh, yeah, but but we we yeah we lived together. So we we did grocery shopping together. Like we didn't have a a separate business account. We just or I think we did have one, but we used it for groceries and rent and all of that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, and to give you more context, like we had to we had to write like one of our things that we. Um, we didn't want to go cheap on was maple syrup. We're both like, it's got to be real maple syrup. Um, no, and we fought syrup. too much because Johnny <laughs> used like twice as much as I did uh, on the same amount of pancake. So we had to like, <laughs> we had to like buy separate ones and write our names on them so we wouldn't fight about Shut them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. And that's how I gave you the nickname Rich Nasty. Yeah, there's, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, Johnny wrote the, the names on Yeah, them. yeah. And then at one point, Johnny came home with like a, a small organic watermelon the size of like smaller than like a, a volleyball. Like it was the mini not, watermelons. Yeah. 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 Like a cannonball. I don't know. Like, um, and then I, I noticed on the receipt that it was over $20. Um, and so, uh, we had to like send Johnny back to go return the watermelon cause he just couldn't afford it. Yeah. They're like anything wrong with it. I'm like, yeah, I can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when you have to return fruit, uh, it was organic. I guess that's why it was so expensive. Yeah, um, definitely. Out of season, probably. Yeah, that's kind of a wake-up call when you're returning fruit that um, you got to just kind of buckle down. And we just we got out of it just by putting in hours. We just were 
80 hours a week. And yeah. Um, yeah. Got lucky. Crazy, man. I want to unpack that just a little bit here. I want to sure. linger in this pain just a little bit longer before we move on here. When you were negotiating with that client who asked for their deposit back, was this like a nasty battle? Was this, did, did they see your side at all? Was it, was it an ugly situation or did it end pretty amicably? It, it, it was ugly, but both sides understood the other person's, you know, um, situation. So mm-hmm. I think uh, it was, it was extremely stressful. There was definitely some, uh, you know, uh, animosity, um, you know, uh, we, we remember specifically going out and uh, like to the farmer's market or something and like uh, kind of worried that we would see him or, you know, uh, see the client around town, like, you know, because we had we'd already sell, settled it, but I think there was still maybe a little bit of bitterness and that kind of thing. And so, mm. yeah, we were just concerned about it. Um, but but given the situation, they were pretty chill and um, were, you know, let us off the hook because it could have just, you know, totally fucked us over. And mm. um, yeah, and, and just we were able to avoid getting attorneys involved uh, and, and litigation and all that. So um, yeah, that's good. So when we're talking numbers, are we talking the deposit was $8,000? Are we talking the deposit was $1,000? Like, where are we talking here? Don't remember the exact number, but maybe around. It was less than 10, but close to it, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So it, was a, it was a decent chunk. Yeah, um, at the time, it was like a really big project for us because, mm-hmm. you know, it was, you know, we were, it was year. Yeah, it was like a, it was branding and website and yeah. some restaurant stuff. Um signage and that kind of thing. So it was, it was pretty big so scope. When you guys, you know, come to an agreement on, you know, because of, you know, it could have gone either way. Here's what we're going to do. When you guys come to that arrangement, you don't have any money to pay them back. So how was that just worked out like a payment plan? Or- yeah. We just broke it up over the next six months or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got it. And then you go back. to And then we fixed our contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Immediately you fix your contract. Exactly. All right. Okay, guys, I'm going to move on a little bit here, and um, I want to get a bit more specific. Can you take us to a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result? Um, what was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Um, yeah, so we got one. Um, I feel like uh, I'm pretty uh, pretty forgiving. It's really hard to get on my bad side type type of Yeah, we don't hold grudges. Yeah, same yeah. with Johnny. Um, but there is one where when when both of us were kind of mad at a client, that's when you know. That's when you know. That's, that's it's the client and not us. Because a, a lot of times it's one or, other, one or the other one. The other one's mm-hmm. making excuses and that kind of thing. But, but yeah, this one was um, it was for a film festival. Um, and we, there was a three-person you know committee that was working with us. And our main contact um, um, was this woman. Um, and... And then there was an, another woman and then um, a, a guy. I'm trying to leave out names and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. We'll call them and, woman one, woman so, two, and guy one. Yeah, so the guy <laughs> was, the guy was um, like the main director. You know, He was okay. like the head honcho, but the other two women were kind of – their specialty was the marketing side of things. So they were like our main contacts and he okay. was kind of overseeing. And, and uh, But we all met. We felt like, man, this is such a great vibe. Like everybody connects. We all have the same ideas. Um, we all at the we, at the beginning of the meeting, we're like, okay, we're not gonna do any movie ticket like um, as mountains or like uh, pop like no movie reels, no popcorn, mm-hmm. nothing, none of the 
typical All the cliche, cliche stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to be like more artistic, more abstract and, and that kind of thing. That's the direction they told us they wanted to go. And we went through a whole discovery thing. Um, one thing about us is that we only do one concept when we do branding. Awesome. Um, yep. I, don't, I don't want to go down the whole path right now. Um, but you have to know that because we, we did a, um, like a discovery session where we looked at a bunch of images. We call this the visual strategy and we kind of just decide as a group, like, here are the things that work that could work for this. Here are the things that could not. We make essentially a mood board at the end of it after looking at hundreds of images. And uh, we started, we came back with uh, a couple weeks later with our first round of design. And the two women were just gushing. They were like, absolutely loved it. And then all of a sudden, the guy was uh, just mad. And I, I can't remember like the stuff he said, but it was pretty um, negative. Um, so it got really awkward and they're like, well, let's discuss this as a group and we'll get back to you and that kind of thing. Um, and it turns out he just kind of completely changed his mind. Um, they, they said in their email, like you guys nailed it as far as, you know, what we discussed and what you provided, it was exactly what you said you would do. Um, we've just had a change of heart. Now we want to go in this other direction. We want to be more literal. We want to have some illustration in it. We want movie popcorn. We want. Yeah, they said. They said, uh, "Sorry to be prescriptive, but we think this is the best approach." And then they just told us exactly what they wanted to do. And that we didn't even get to that point until like two other discovery. Like we were trying to like get back on the same page. Mm -hmm. And eventually, he he was just he just took over. He became our main contact instead. Um, And those the one. Our, our former main contact all of a sudden was on vacation mm-hmm. is what we were told um which was super weird right before you know the most important part of their their schedule yeah um and yeah we just ended up having to basically copy some examples he showed and just like this like when teacher tells you or like your your friend tells you just change the answers a little bit so it doesn't look like you copied it he was <laughs> like just do these but for us he just showed us some posters and stuff so we got frustrated. We actually ended up having a contractor finish that project for us. And uh, the main thing that I was annoyed by was, you know, that happens sometimes. You mm-hmm. They see the work and they all of a sudden it changes. And, and you know, I think that I like to take responsibility. We, we try to, like, um, do everything we can to avoid that. And mm-hmm. it's kind of, you know, there's always things you can t- learn from that. But the thing that was really annoying was he was so rude about us falling behind schedule throughout that process, even though he was the one causing it. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, it turns out that the woman that was supposedly on vacation had quit and she emailed us like from her personal email to tell us like, I don't even understand how you guys are putting up with how he's treating you guys, how he's talking to you. Um, we've had a lot of issues and, and the way he treated you guys was the final like nail in the coffin and mm-hmm. I had to, I couldn't work under him anymore. Yeah. Uh, so, um, we Jeez. cranked out what he wanted. We, you know, forgot it. Um, uh, we did, we had a partial trade for like tickets to the festival. And luckily we put that it was optional uh, <laughs> for us to claim it. And, and, and so, uh, we ended up taking cash instead cause we did not want to be around him. Yeah. No uh, and, um, fast forward a year we get an email from the other woman, the one that did not leave during that process. And she's like, Hey, uh, just so you know, that guy's not here anymore. Like just right away, just like, 
And uh, clear the slate. <laughs> yeah, we're wondering. We really liked your first round from last year. We're wondering if we can use it for this year and what that would entail, what the process would be. So we were like, "Fuck yeah!" We're yeah. high five. <laughs> yeah, awesome. it was completely unexpected. It turns out that after this festival season, pretty much everybody else left. They kind of walked out. And, and there, there was articles in the local newspaper too because we googled it and we were like, "Oh shit!" So it blew up big. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So those, those people that you run into in life are like, wow, this guy is not a good dude. Yeah. But if we would have just burned it and like, you know, uh, left and left everyone hanging, then we probably wouldn't have had that, you know, um, contact come back and like ask us like, it's because we handled it with, I don't know, um, patience and, uh, yeah. we kept it professional. We never, yeah. we never got emotional, not outwardly, like, no, for sure. Did, but, uh, I mean, that's just kind of our, our approach is to always try to, try to keep things professional um and yeah it worked out um they ended up using it uh, we yeah. got to see it actually you know in the wild yeah, and we went back to the festival the next year and you know bought <laughs> tickets and all that it was great that's awesome man okay now you have told some pretty wild stories from paper wedding rings to now this story with this crazy customer um you had teased before we started recording that you guys had a real gem of a story and um, I got to get into it. Give me, give me something weird. Give me some crazy client story. Give me, give me some goods, man. <laughs> you got it. Uh, so, yeah, this is uh, probably the weirdest uh, client experience that we've had. Um, we had this client. There was this pizza joint that was right by our um, house slash office, you know, when we were first starting out, right? Okay. 2012, 2013 era. Um, like, we had just moved to Boulder. And um, we had noticed uh, the pizza joint closed for a while and then all of a sudden it was vandalized and we we're like oh shit oh, like no. man that's such a bummer and somebody tagged the signs with spray paint um they tagged it che and we were like oh man uh but uh, a couple days later walking by again we realized that it wasn't vandalized uh but that the new owner spray painted over the existing pizza joint signs we were like, oh, shit, this is like, he's trying to like say that this is a, a restaurant. But so we were like uh, completely like, um, you know, t- uh, caught off guard and, and surprised. So we we walked in because we saw that the door was open. And, they and, had a thing of free sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Free, like just spray painted on the door. Yeah, spray painted on the uh, right on the or gl- on the window or something. Yeah, it was crazy. And so we, we walked in um, and uh, talked to the new owner and we found out that um, it's the previous owner's brother uh who is who decided to leave the pizza game and do something else and um so the so his brother stepped in and took over the rest of the lease and decided to do a sandwich shop and uh this guy has uh we asked him if he had any restaurant experience he had none whatsoever uh he had actually never worked in a restaurant um so me as a taco bell you know uh former employee i had i was much more qualified than he was to uh <laughs> you to felt run it, obligated right? yeah so <laughs> we, we um so he, he he we said we're like hey man we're graphic designers we live like you know a block away we can um we can help you out if, if you ever need some help and he, he goes he goes you guys are graphic designers come right in and he brought us in he's like come right into my office and he like brought us in the office and this guy like talked really fast and stuff hard to hear and and uh, understand yeah. Yeah. and he said um so he brought us in the office, but the office was actually like a closet. 
Nice. Uh, and it was about eight square feet or so. And um, did he so like I shut could... the bifold doors behind you? <laughs> no, no, thankfully, <laughs> okay. uh, I don't think actually. No, we... we couldn't go in. Yeah, so Richard was like standing outside. I was standing in the entryway. Like we were, yeah, we couldn't even fit in there. Yeah. And so he started writing out his plan for the logo on the wall, like with a marker, but not like on a whiteboard, just like on the wall. On the wall. And, yeah. So we were <laughs> like, "What the fuck? Like this guy's out of his, you know, mind." It's totally uh, just wacky, dude. Very eccentric, and so we had the conversation. We're like, okay, well, you know, maybe we could do that. Um, but let's. Why don't we just talk about it and uh, come come to our office? You know, just a block away. Um, two o'clock tomorrow, and he's like, sure, sounds great. And so um, next day goes uh, comes comes and goes, and uh, or next day goes by. He's um, not there at two o'clock. Uh, he's not there at three o'clock. Not at four, and eventually we just think he's not coming. But at five o'clock, he shows up at our door. Um, we open the door. He uh, completely reeks of of uh, weed, and uh, he's got super red eyes. He's totally ripped. I mean, this is Colorado, so it's not that you know. Um, <laughs> it's not that uncommon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's pretty uncommon for a business. It is yeah, in the business, business exchange. Yeah. It's a little bit and off. so yeah, super. So he. Um, uh, made it even harder to understand what he because he would like interrupt himself all the time so we we um but you know skip past that part of it we got the contract signed and started working on a on the brand identity so, so for the contract thing um because of you know just the weirdness of the situation uh, i just i had to like lay some ground rules i was like okay we can do this as long as um we we approached it as if we would never get the second half of the payment. And yes. we're like, if we could do it in this amount of hours, then I feel comfortable doing this. Um, and then we also added like a partial trade in, for like two thousand dollars worth of like sandwiches. Yeah, <laughs> like that. but Lunch like for a year, the math was worked out that we we budgeted the amount of time so that even if that if he, his business failed and he didn't pay the rest that we would still come out like even or yeah. something. Yeah, this is extremely high risk project, right? So yeah. Yeah. Um, is he signing the contract baked out of his mind? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, Perfect. Yeah. But his check cleared. And we're like, okay. Yeah. 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 We were like, there's no way this is clearing. And then boom, it showed up. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, so we get working on the brand and uh, the name of the sandwich shop was Che. Um, it wasn't a tag as we had, you know, suspected early on. And Che means like, you know, friend or bro or pal or whatever in Spanish. And so, um, this is inspired by his uh, trip to South Africa. He had done a, a year before that. Had nothing to do with the revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we came up with this approach, single concept, um, and uh, totally super high risk uh, because we busted out the idea of uh, creating a llama uh, like a, as a mascot because um, it related to the you know South America inspiration and that kind of thing is yeah. technically a guanaco but um, we just decided to run with the llama um, he uh, so he we had him over to our place for identity presentation of course shows up super baked um, and uh, we pitched the concept uh, uh, of the llama and um, showed him you know showed him like a 15 page presentation or something of, of uh, the approach and um, when we showed the llama he's he uh, sort of stopped in his tracks and he goes whoa I got chills he's like holy shit did you guys know and we're like no what and he said I used to raise llamas and then he pulls out his phone and he starts like swiping through all these pictures of his llamas he's got like he's like this one's carmen she was my favorite and like he's gone and we were like holy shit so obviously he was completely thrilled yeah uh you know kismet right like uh he, he was um 
uh, you know, 100% uh, ready to do the llama and um, approved all the work with no changes. And uh, yeah, we were pumped. That's amazing. So, okay, when was this? I mean, we were still living together, so 2013, probably around yeah. there. Yeah. I yeah. got to know, how did the sandwich shop do? It bombed. Well, so he 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 only took six months on the lease. Okay. And he wasn't even 100% sure he was going to go beyond that to begin with. It's kind of more of an experiment. He's just one of those people that just likes to move on from adventure to adventure. Yeah, yeah. So, so we never, like, it, it wasn't very likely that it would be a long-term thing to begin with. Um, but uh, he did make decent sandwiches. They were pretty good. They were tasty. But it took about uh, 20 minutes to get one. <laughs> that was the issue. No think, subway. I don't think that was um, sustainable. Um, yeah. So... And he let us design sandwiches too. He was like, um, he goes, you guys are vegetarian? What do you want? Uh, what do you, what do you, what do you put on a vegetarian sandwich? And we were like, um, you know, I got lettuce some pickles, uh, you know, uh, we're going, go out, like going through the things and he, and he's like, all right, we'll make it a sandwich. And then like the next day we went in there and he had, he had it up, uh, as Stop a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <We're> like, <"What?" laughs> yeah. That's amazing. The man, I used to raise llamas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that. Oh man. Okay, yeah, that's one of the more weird ones I've heard for sure. <laughs> okay, boys, I'm going to turn this bus around here for you. I want to hear about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing. Um, yeah, this one's, I feel like it just, it's always a tough one because I, I feel like there's different reasons to be proud of each project. Um, so I thought about this ahead of time, and I guess uh, I landed on our first website as Cast Iron Design. Mm-hmm. You can, you, which you can see uh, through the Wayback Machine, but yeah, you, the, yeah, you won't be able to see the web fonts. But Yeah, the fonts are all jacked up, it would, and it, which is kind of sad because that was the key part of them. Um, yeah, I guess it's just the first time we ever spent literally hundreds of hours on any one project. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we logged like 460 hours or something like wow. that. Wow. Um, and it was just, it was our first like really big collaboration because mm-hmm. you know everything else that was in the portfolio it was it was almost all stuff we did individually mm-hmm. and, and a lot of student work and just a little bit of freelance um so we just kind of knew like our website has to be like speak for our skills because um our portfolio doesn't live <laughs> like it doesn't speak to our true potential that we knew yeah. we had yeah so for sure we went all all out on that we spent i don't know probably 100 hours just writing the copy for it, uh, it was really important to us. We wanted every single sentence to like really have a lot of character, to have humor at the right times, and to like really show who we were and you know what we were doing that was going to be different, that kind of thing. And then we got really into the web fonts. I, I really, I was a nerd about like web standards. That was a huge phrase back then, Web yeah. 2.0 and stuff like that. So we wanted to make like a really like intricate like design with like you know script text that's tilted and has like a shadow underneath it and, and stuff like that just to all the really heavy vintage um thing we had like seven different fonts and that kind of thing uh, but we wanted to do it all with web fonts so that it was still accessible it was still seo friendly and that kind of thing which nobody mm-hmm. did everybody would they would just like if they wanted their design their site to look like that they would make photo like images so uh, it ended up um 
being huge for us, like it got posted on like literally over a hundred blogs, like wow. know, 30 sites with cool texture on their footer and you know, like very specific things. Um, and our SEO was like really high. And that was like basically where we found all our work the first few years at least um, was from just people Googling like Finch's design or like cool typography and stuff like that. And they would find our website. And for, for me, mine's actually sort of the opposite. Um, it's a really recent project. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we, we recently got uh, hit up by Patagonia, which, you know, in the industry, um, Patagonia is known, I mean, not even in the industry, just worldwide, they're known as like sustainability pioneers, Definitely. right? They're like yep. the OGs and Yvonne Schuinard and all of the books and the legacy of that. And they're still a private company, you know, they're not um, beholden to shareholders and all that. So they can do some really cool shit. And so um, we uh, we were really pumped when they reached out. Uh, the project, super small, um, just like a guide to Boulder. And so that's how they found us. They're looking at local agencies. And um, uh, but we knew because it's Patagonia that it was like, you know, some good opportunities uh, to push the envelope in terms of sustainability. Mm-hmm. So we talked to them about a couple different ideas and they were super into it. Um, and, uh, you know, they're like, yeah, of course we are. We're Patagonia, you know, come on. Um, <laughs> did they say they, that at any point? No, no we're no, Patagonia. No. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's just how I interpret it. I'm like, Oh yeah, well I knew they were going to say yes, but uh, yeah. Um, but so, yeah. And they were willing to put up, you know, some extra cash to make some stuff happen too, which was really great. So they, um, they, they decided to, to, uh, give us the go ahead on using algae ink. Um, and, uh, we had, we were just kind of, it's one of those stories where we do a lot of like, you know, really simple sustainability projects that deal with like, you know, uh, efficiency or using like a, um, uh, a material like hundred percent post-consumer recycled paper that uses less water and energy and has fewer carbon emissions and that, uh, that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. it's not typical that we get to use like a new, sort of experimental material, right? Yeah, like yeah. we just haven't had those opportunities. And so um, when that came along and uh, the the client was obviously the right fit, the timeline, we had enough time to make it happen. And then we, through our research and our just engagement with the community of the, you know, uh, people doing stuff in sustainability, we knew about this company in Colorado called Living Inc. And they okay. developed this algae ink um, and we reached out to them and they were like, yeah, actually we uh, we were looking for a partner to, to do a commercial test run because they had done water-based inks before, but they had never done offset inks. And offset is the real, you know, like the killer app, so to speak, because it, um, you know, most of the printed materials that you look at are offset, you yep. know, uh, yep. books and magazines and that kind of thing. So. Yeah, we um, reached out to them. They said, we're looking for a project that was with the right client, uh, the right scale, because they couldn't do something, you know, like massive. Actually, Patagonia had reached out to them uh, like three years prior to print their whole catalog with Algae Inc. And they were like, we're nowhere near ready for that. You know, they're just doing water based at the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was the right scale. It was like it's this booklet. There's, you know, only uh, 10,000 or so copies printed. And then, um, you know, the timeline and everything. And then they said, the problem is we need a printer that's willing to like do this. And uh, I said, I know just the right people because we had worked with this printer and they're uh, locally um, called DNK and they're super into, um, you know, sort of like answering all of my annoying questions and they're, you know, open to pushing the envelopes. I emailed uh, my my contact Tanner at uh, DNK 
I'm like, I'm like, you interested in working with Patagonia and printing algae ink? And he wrote back, hell yeah. And so, boom, Sweet. we had all the pieces lined up. And um, yeah, it, the whole time, time I just felt, oh, okay, this is not going to work out. You know, it's it's not going to be a big deal. I can't get my hopes up, you know. Um, and so I just uh, was thinking that it wasn't going to happen. And we did a successful test run. Um, and uh, they printed it on a really small press. And that worked out, you know, perfect. The ink wasn't any different than conventional offset ink, which is exactly what we were hoping for. Uh, just like t minor, minor differences. And then, um, then they gave us the go ahead to do the full um, commercial test run. And so you can't actually buy the ink yet because this is like the first, the very first printing of their mm -hmm. offsetting. And it'll be, they're still like tweaking the final formula and figuring out all the logistics. It should, you know, hopefully be happening the next year or two, a uh, commercial release of this product. And uh, we were really pumped to be a part of that. That's so cool, man. So it printed just like C standard CMYK, you printed full process algae inks. No, they are. <laughs> that's that's one of the fun parts. We uh, working with the constraints. They only have black, um, so they, they can do color, uh, and they will do uh, do it in the future. Uh, but right now, they um, black is just the easiest uh, to do, and yep. because they have all the considerations of light fastness, you know, like ink fading if mm -hmm. it is made of renewable materials. And um, yeah, and so that's a whole nother hurdle that they'll have to get through. But their um, process black is is pretty much set. It was just ended up being a little bit more gummy on press, is what the press operator said. Yeah. And it's it smelled a little different, which is interesting. Like it smelled like somebody mixed a little bit of dirt into the ink. You know, it smelled like regular ink, but with a little bit of like that, um, like a like a somebody had added a beat or two. You know, like earthiness a, a, to it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. That's fascinating, man. Yeah. So your design constraints were, has to be black. The whole thing yep. has to be black. Yep. Exactly. And so yeah, we use color paper. Process. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So cool. What paper did you end up using? Uh, we used French. Do a little plug for French paper. They um, French paper uh, craft tone. It's like uh, yep. one of our favorite papers because it's you know beautiful, has this awesome texture, and it's 100 um, percent post consumer, uh, which is the like. In terms of your standard tree fiber paper, that's yep. the that's like the most eco um, option. So, hundred percent. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Okay, gentlemen, you've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question. That's where I have a question for you guys from my last guest, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So my last guest was Sam Shepard. He's a freelance graphic designer out of Sacramento. Does a lot of work in the um, sort of rock and roll club scene. And uh, he wanted to ask you where you hope to see your career in 10 years from now. No, man. <laughs> yeah, so we're supposed to have at the uh, beginning of January, we're supposed to have like a um, goal planning meeting. Yeah. And where we look at that kind of stuff, uh, we had to delay it. Um, and uh, so we haven't had it yet. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we, um, this would have been a perp. We should have really not delayed it. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the other thing is like, there's a lot of things we're thinking about that um, we're still trying to figure out amongst ourselves before we. Mm -hmm start talking to other people about um, just bigger plans and, and uh, just things like beyond just what we're doing now and, and branching out and that kind of thing. Um, I think, I think the biggest thing is, is to make sure that um, we are in a place where we're doing what we love and that we're happy doing it. Cause I yes. think, you know, um, it's generic, uh, but you know, for us, it's like uh, we realize that, 
getting into this and like, you know, starting to hire people that um, we were, we were initially had the idea that we wanted to have like, you know, staff of eight, eight or so. And, um, and then after hiring a, a couple people, we realized like, you know, we're just not really getting to do any of the work and kind of just mm-hmm. constantly like running back and forth, trying to keep everybody busy. And so we're still, we're not a, definitely, you know, we're still interested in the idea of growing, but right now we have uh, only one employee and, um, and we're, that's working super well for us. Um, shout out to Chris. He's great. Uh, and, um, but we're, yeah. So we're like, instead of thinking about like, you know, when I talk to other owners, a lot of people will tell me like, Oh, we want to have, you know, this much revenue and this many people. And, uh, and our goals, I'm like, I just want to make sure we're, we're making dope shit and like, you know, uh, and, and, you know, staying, sticking by our values. Uh, mm-hmm. That's another big thing is growing means that, you know, you have a higher risk of having to sacrifice that. And so we want to make sure that if we grow, that we're always keeping that as the forefront. Cause you know, we do get to turn down a lot of work based on, you know, it not being in the right fit in terms of our values. Um, and we want to make sure that we don't ever have to, you know, sacrifice that. Yeah, basically, true. basically, our our main goal is to figure out the best way to influence the most designers, especially young designers, to um, to have to design with a, a purpose to try to make a positive impact on the world and to have fun while you're doing it. That that's you know that's the whole thing. Everything we do, the, any the only reason we'd want to grow is so we can in, have a broader net, not to make more money. It would be to to get our stuff out and further out into the world and that kind of thing. So can you add a little rainbow effect at the end of that? (laughs) Like with a sparkle? (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) That's awesome guys. That's, that's so true. And you know, um, you nailed it by saying when you are growing, there's that higher risk of having to make, you know, sacrifices in order for that growth. Um, you know, even, sacrifices that cause you to not align with your business model and with your purpose. So, you know, keeping a focus on growing sustainably so you can keep a focus on your purpose is very important. Absolutely. Gentlemen, what is the question you would like me to ask the next guest? We got a juicy one here, Dave. We got a juicy one. Um, What is the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to you? Oh, fantastic. (laughs) I got to look up who I have to ask this to (laughs) (laughs) most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to you. I love it. Gentlemen, you reached the end of the quickie podcast. Thank you so much for being my guest today and dropping some knowledge bombs and sharing some awesome stories. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. It was fun. There you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this interview with cast iron design, both part one and part two. Really appreciate your time. Appreciate your attention. If you're digging what you hear on the Quickie Podcast here, leave me a rating and a review so that I know, you know? Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow.